This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I'm Ken Apsock, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire, and we have some leaks. We have some spoilers afoot. It appears as though, and Game of Thrones is no stranger to this. We know this season and other seasons, but we know that an episode has been pushed out into the world. Uh, Leaked images, leaked plot points, a leaked episode, though it also would appear that maybe it's not so much a leak as HBO just uploaded it too soon. That intern's being fired. I uh, don't know the whole story. I got to tell you, I'm being honest with you. I don't know the whole story because I'm trying uh, everything in my power and resources to avoid it. I don't want to know about it. I've been tipped off thanks to some great Daily Thrones listeners like Eric Monroe and some other people uh, tweeting into me saying, spoilers afoot, spoilers afoot, and that's the thing. What do we as fans think about this? Now, some, you may be okay with it. You may say, hey, I was going to see the episode on Sunday. Now I see it on Wednesday. What's the big deal? And to you, I say, enjoy it. Uh, if it's an accidental leak, if HBO uploaded it, Go for it. Now, what I don't like, if it's, like, say, part of this hacker threat or if it's uh, someone doing it with some kind of malicious intent. Now, there's much bigger problems in the world than a leaked episode of Game of Thrones, to be sure. But we as a a fandom, this is our escape. This is something we enjoy, and I don't want it spoiled, and I know a lot of people don't. There are certain joys in waiting to see something until the creators who made it intended it. Uh, the episode's done. This isn't a movie that's going through some final uh, color correction, editing, sound fixing, and concept art leaked or something like that. This is, uh, you know, a fully completed episode days before. But there is a certain joy. You have Game of Thrones parties. You have theories and speculations. The fuel of this show, the fuel of a lot of fandoms here uh, all over Star Wars, DC marvel game of thrones that's part of our fun so we want to build up the anticipation and again like i said game of thrones parties are so big uh, more than almost any other show that i can remember in the past gathering with friends to watch game of thrones is an event maybe you got a big thing planned and now that's ruined uh and i just don't like even an image here and there sometimes i know a lot of people don't even watch the the trailers for next week's episodes that are put out by hbo they don't want to know at all some people avoid movie trailers and and i understand i work in a business where i can't avoid some star wars news and i'm a huge star wars fan and i own a star wars podcast feed called force center if if you're not following me on that uh it's my business And I, as a fan, though, don't like when Entertainment Weekly puts too much out. I don't like when concept art is leaked. I want to find out about The Last Jedi in small pieces, but I want the big story to click in when I sit in that theater in December, and that's some of it, too. Just uh, a leaked image. It's not a big deal. Look, here's this. It can connect a story dot that I don't want connected. Now, again, this is me. You may not have a problem with it. I can totally understand that. Just don't share it with the world. Don't tweet it. Remember when The Force Awakens came out and the big spoiler at the end about Han Solo? People were DMing it to some other people in, in my business and just and to other friends. People were tweeting it. Hey, look at this. Just because you're okay with it doesn't mean we're okay with it. 
What do you guys feel about these spoilers? Are you avoiding them? Are you trying so hard? Are you deleting Twitter and Facebook off your phone for at least till Sunday night so you can get through it? What are you doing with these spoilers, uh, these leaks that are out there? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. A lot of good stuff to get to today, including your calls, your theories, your speculation mixed in with mine. That's what we do here on Daily Thrones. It's all about Game of Thrones. Leaks, away with you. Hey, Ken, so about the leaks, you know, I'm very uh, upset about the leaks because, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said. I want to experience these episodes fresh and not know what's going to happen watching them. It's on for such a short period of time, and we only have two episodes left, and to have it ruined, it would really be a terrible thing. I mean, yes, I'm a book reader, and in the earlier seasons, I, of course, knew a lot of the events that were about to happen. You know, that's the way, just the way it was. It's a show that was adapted from a book series, but at this, right now, I don't know anything, and I'm enjoying not knowing anything. As you mentioned, it's it's part of the fun, the speculation, and all the theories and everything, and I love giving my instant reaction, like here on Daily Thrones when the episode ends, and if I know what's about to happen, my reaction won't be completely fresh, so... I just say to anyone, if you're going to watch the episode, fine, but just, you know, keep it to yourself. You know, don't post on Twitter or talk about it until the episode airs. Again, I think you're bringing up a good point about, you know, the episode leaks and when to watch and what's the courtesy. Um, I don't know if you specifically referenced it, so I'm going to go ahead and be bold and maybe speak on your behalf. But just kind of remind the whole community of Daily Thrones, you know, we tend to, you know, we tend to watch it around the same time. And then we all call in and give our thoughts on the episodes and spoiler details, all those kinds of things. And obviously we know going in if you're going to get on Daily Thrones, you know, after the fact that episode details are going to be revealed. But we got to remember, too, that Ken is the one that has to filter all these calls. So if you do uh, watch the episode early, like he was saying, like, that's fine. That's on you if you want to do that. But then, you know, be careful about calling into Daily Thrones and, and really revealing anything because, as you know, like Ken's trying to wait till Sunday. So um, I just think that's a that's a fair point to bring up and just kind of make sure we're all respecting you and this community that we have. Um, so thanks. <laughs> Prefer a hammer. That sentence made me laugh so much. Prefer a hammer. Here Jon Snow was all like, oh, you don't know how to swing a sword. You don't know how to use a sword. That's going to be a problem. Because in one sense, in this scene, he was pretty narrow-minded. Prefer a hammer. I love Raymond's call about the hammer. I prefer a hammer. Gendry prefers a hammer. I hope Gendry laughs. I have this horrible feeling that Genji's been brought back just to tie up a loose end of the story, a little bit of fan service, which is okay. I'm okay. I'm a fan. I want to be serviced by the, the creators. I want something fun. I want characters I know and love. It was it was a great idea to bring Gendry back, and I love that he has a hammer. And Raymond's point about John being a little narrow-minded. I like this idea. John kind of assuming, eh, can you fight? You can't swing a sword? All right, no, I prefer a hammer. And this team is a collection of differences. Differences in styles and opinions and viewpoints and reasons why they why they are there, which is what also needs to happen for the Seven Kingdoms. There is seven people. Now, they're not from the Seven Kingdoms, but there's seven different individuals working together, not necessarily their first choices for this goal. John, let Gendry prefer that hammer. You need him on your team, and I hope Gendry lasts.
Hey Ken, quick question. There's one character who has been suspiciously missing from the season of Game of Thrones, and that is Ghost. Whatever happened to him? In the past, what, six seasons, he was kind of a pretty important sidekick for Jon. Um, and from my understanding, in the books and in the show, the dire wolves are pretty important to you know, House Stark and Stark kids in general. So why wouldn't John take Ghost to say Dragonstone or at least have him sent to Eastwatch or pick him up at Winterfell before continuing on to Eastwatch? Thanks. Hedge Knight with a great name and a great question asking about Ghost. We haven't seen much of Ghost this season, even last season, though he's definitely factored in. Here's the thing. I think it just might be uh, from a practical and technical standpoint. That CGI for the supersized dire wolves now a lot different from season one and season two, where they were using real life animals. Unfortunately, these real life dire wolves, well, well, they're not in real life. Now they are absolutely important. Jon Snow and Ghost are very well connected. It's even stronger in the books, um, but I think that just it's a practical reason why Ghost isn't involved. But now let's have fun. Let's say you could bring Ghost. Let's say John could get Ghost up from Winterfell or maybe Castle Black, wherever he last left. Where? Wherever you pick him up doesn't matter, but let's say Ghost is there. Would Ghost be effective? I don't necessarily know if Ghost is effective, as we have unfortunately seen direwolves when fighting large amount of either White Walkers or people not doing so well. One-on-one, one-on-two, Rob Stark used... Uh, Grey Wind in battle, we didn't really get to see that. Could Ghost be effective fighting hordes of whites north of the wall? We saw Summer didn't fare that well. Rest in peace, Summer. What do you guys think? Could Ghost be an X-Factor that's not there for Jon Snow and his SEAL team of snow? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. I just want to get your opinions on the plot right now of Jon Snow taking the Magnificent Seven up past the wall to go capture White. I've seen a lot of criticism about this idea in show and out of the show by fans, critics like you. Or I'm not saying you criticized it, but other people on Thrones Talk, I think John Rocco was talking about how ridiculous the idea is. And I have to agree, it's a pretty... It's a pretty out there idea, and I'm just wondering if you think this is a plot that's going to be in the books, in the winds of winter, or maybe a dream of spring, or if this is completely show only. I love Billy's call here about this mission north. I've talked about it here, talked about it on Collider Thrones Talk. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the, of, the, of the idea of the mission. This is just simply crawling inside the story bubble. Uh, as a viewer, I actually really enjoy it. Uh, I love these seven characters. I have invested in them. Um, I understand I, Brienne would have been cool to be there, but I think her story has to do with Jamie, and it will start moving south. That's, uh, I think, a reason Brienne's not there. Um, why these guys, uh, these guys being up there, um, I like it. I just don't think it's a smart plan. I don't think it's safe. I think it's a suicide miss- mission, and there could have been another way. You are going into the heart of the problem. You're going into the heart of winter to try to do something next to impossible. Now, I guess that's what heroes try to do, but you know this is going to be bad. You know that those guys, even though it's an all-star team, absolutely all-star team of fighters, you know it's going to go wrong. You just know it is. So I, I'm not sure about it. 
Now, Billy's other question, which is great, is do I think this is show only? Will this show up in Winds of Winter or Dream of Spring? I hadn't really thought about it till Billy asked, and I got to say, I almost think this is show only or tremendously altered. Obviously, you've got some kind of path. They know where they need to get to. To what details George R. R. Martin has shared with them, we don't know. We might never really know. But I could see something like this being in the show. It's like, say, Hard Home, which was a tiny passage in the books where Jon Snow wasn't even there. In the show, it's so much more. One of the best sequences. We all love Hard Home. Show only, at least in that regard. Now, what's interesting about this is Tormund Giantsbane on the show, different character really than in the books. That name, Tormund Giantsbane, is there, but Tormund on the show is kind of a collection of other characters and kind of an original take on it. And I love Tormund. I'm not complaining about it. As much as I love the books, I don't get caught up in a lot of those type of changes. It just makes sense from a television production point of view. So Gendry in the books, storyline is a little different. Jorah's storyline is seemingly a little different. Can I see them in the books ending up in this point? Yeah, I absolutely can. This all makes sense. But it has the heightened, uh, I guess, drama, the heightened intrigue of television to me. That this is definitely probably at best a shortened version of what's going to appear in the books. Which, everything on television is a shortened version of what would be in the books. But there's been a lot of changes that most of them I actually agree with. Book two, Clash of Kings, great book. I actually like season two a little better. Don't at me. Don't 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 burn me at the stake here. But I actually think the show was able to edit down George R. R. Martin's story, which at times is intentionally big and unwielding. And the show streamlined a little bit and made it made it a little bit more fast-paced and enjoyable for me. And as we know. You know, Arya and Tywin, their scenes, which are some of my favorite still in all of Game of Thrones, not in the books. So I'm okay if this magnificent Seven of Snow is not in the books or if it's altered greatly. Um, but I still wonder, are we going to be at this point? Is this the point where the books is working at two? And I think it might be the case. I think that's the case. I'm going, Billy, with a highly altered version on the show from what might eventually be in the books. What do you guys think? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. Hey Ken, Kevin Ross. The Sir Jorah theory that uh, he's the one that's going to come back as the White not only makes a lot of sense, but it was also affected by, by Grayscale. And there are fan theories out there that being infected by Grayscale uh, may slow down the change or stop it altogether. Maybe he's immune or like Benjin, it's going to take him very, very slowly. So Kyburn can then study uh, Sir Jorah for a possible scientific slash magic solution for Cersei, giving her more credence why she will betray everyone, because Kyburn believes that he can come up with a, a solution now that he can study Sir Jorah um, more closely, uh, much like he did with the mountain. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they'll just bring back him. They'll bring back some others to demonstrate the ability of uh, Valerian Steel and Dragonglass. Thanks. Hey, Ken. So about this talk about what, in fact, John's team might be bringing back, what they might find, you know, it might be one of their, their own members. You know, a friend joked with me and said they think it's going to be an undead Stannis Baratheon. Now, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it got me thinking, could it, in fact, 
be Hodor? Could John's team find an undead Hodor and that be the thing he brings back to King's Landing? How heartbreaking would that be? They're going to bring back Jon Snow's uncle. He's over there. He's part of the dead crew now. He can't come over the wall because he was worried about it. But now he has nothing to worry about because they're going to pass that wall anyways. And now he can be the proof to take to them. Let's talk about the purpose and possible result of this mad mission north of the wall to bring back a white as an example. I put a couple ideas out there. A lot of people looking at maybe Sir Jorah gets killed, gets turned into a white, and they tragically bring him to Danny and then down to Cersei as an example of what the white would be. I like Kevin's idea, this theory going around, that he, hey, he's a gray scout. Maybe somehow that affects him. Maybe there's some, uh, he, he's immune uh, in some kind of shape or form, which would mean maybe that Jorah just dies. Eric calling him this idea of Hodor. Maybe they find Hodor. Maybe they find him wandering up there and they bring him back. That would be horribly tragic. That would be something painful to watch. I don't know if I could take that, but I like Courtney's call in that, hey, something we've been talking about here about Benjen Stark returning. And a Jon Snow Benjen reunion, one that we actually kind of been waiting for since episode one and two of the show, way back in in season one. I like the idea of Benjen showing up, that, that horse we see riding away, uh, which I don't think Benjen's on, kind of looks like the horse Benjen was on uh, last season. So uh, it's, it's possible. And then the idea that, hey, maybe with some kind of rules in the magic changing, with the Night King having touched Bran, and maybe there's something that, some way around the wall, does Benjen find his way down as a sample? I like that idea. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I don't think Hodor's going to happen. And I don't know if Jorah's going to be the the uh, sample. But all of them are also plausible. And also, actually, all of them have some kind of emotional significance. So I could see any of those happening. But I also like this idea. Have we stopped to think? Let's say you bring a white down. I don't care who it is. Hodor, Sir Jorah, the ghost of Stannis Baratheon, or just some wildling turned into a white. It doesn't matter. You bring them down all the way down to King's Landing. You set them at the feet of Cersei, and she's like, yeah, my bodyguard's a zombie. You think I don't believe in this stuff? I don't care. I'm still going to be Cersei. I'm still going to burn y'all. It's possible. Cersei seems like she's ready to work with Danny just to try to get her way and defeat her in another uh, process another another method, but I don't know if an undead is going to convince Cersei any more than the mountain at her side already has. What do you guys think? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. I'm really interested to find out what Cersei's game is. Like you said, she already believes in the undead because you have the mountain, but she wants to try to strike a fake alliance with Jon and Danny to take him out, but. Let's say at the end of this season, she is victorious against John and Danny, and she's the only one left. What's she gonna do against the White Walkers? You know, there's gotta be a a second part to this plan after she, presumably in her mind, defeats Danny and John. Um, unless she's naive enough to think she can strike a deal with, I don't know, the Night King or something. Although, they're both pretty evil, so I can totally see that happening. Hey, Ken, so talking about the call about ghosts, now, it was announced they did film a scene for Episode 2, Stormborn, between John and Ghost, but it got cut from the episode. 
maybe that was the only film, only scene, I should say, they filmed of Ghost, and maybe the only time we'll see Ghost in Season 7 is in the deleted scenes when the Blu-ray comes out. But as far as, like, would Ghost be effective, well, he well, Ghost was effective, if you remember, at the battle at the wall against the Wildlings. There was that great scene where John goes, I need him, give Sam give the key, and he lets Ghost down, and Ghost does some damage against the Wildlings, but... You know, you do have a great point that Summer didn't fare too well against, you know, the undead, the whites. I do think Ghost would be an asset, though, to have personally. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. Uh, the scenario you just laid out is exactly how I see it going down. They bring back somebody, probably, and uh, leave them in the dragon pits, Cersei and everybody survey, and she literally looks at John and Danny and everybody else there and says, uh, so what? My bodyguard's a zombie. Uh, I've seen this before. We can handle it. My uh, hand is a maester. He brought the mountain back to life. And Kyber would quietly walk over to Cersei and with all decorum and whisper, um, Your Majesty, uh, technically the mountain is not dead. He is slowly dying. Uh, I've slowly uh, reduced the poison, but the poison is still killing him. Uh, it's why he could still <clears throat> function with the young lady downstairs. And then Cersei would begin putting two and two together as to what she's actually looking at and realize that all prophecy is real. That's what sets her off. Uh, thanks. The end of a broadcast day here on Daily Thrones, and you guys were killing with the calls today. I, I still have calls that I was intending to post today uh, that we kind of got on this. Uh, I wasn't planning to spend as much time talking about this mad mission north of the wall, but it's pretty intriguing, pretty exciting. And we see some good stuff. Eric Monroe with another call about Ghost and how Ghost was pretty effective in the Watchers on the Wall episode with his battle. And John did tell Sam, I need him. I need Ghost. Go get him. So uh, clearly, and, and a deleted scene possibly coming with uh, John and Ghost in the episode Stormborn. So, uh, yep, looks like there's probably some production reasons Ghost is not being featured in the show. I personally, I, I, whether he's effective or not, I, I, I would want to take Ghost with me on this mission that they're going for. Number one, he can run fast, so maybe he starts dragging uh, a white and get it out of the way faster something like that there's some strategies there kevin from three cocktail questions with a uh, a fun call about cersei not being convinced kyburn reminding her about the mountain and uh that this though could jar cersei when she sees that the white walkers are true and the whites are true the others are true the army of the undead is true that starts to unlock other prophecies and predictions in story. We're not talking as fans, in story. So Cersei can go back. She's always been afraid of what Maggie the Frog told her. But in the back of her head, maybe she doesn't believe all of it. Even if she started losing her children, uh, she might have said, but you know what? I can stay alive. And maybe becomes a, a drive, uh, an obsession to stay alive, to fight. Um, but if she sees all the stuff, yeah, you could start to think. Cersei's mind starts to unravel. If this is true, then all of it's true. Uh, it's one of the things I love uh, about uh, some of the things in Game of Thrones. Uh, as the show started to to move forward and introduce magic, 
slowly, even though it begins the first 30 seconds, the White Walkers are back, and that begins uh, our story. Uh, magic is slowly bring, being brought back, and by the time, you know, end of season one, the dragons show up, that uh, kind of starts to return some power to the uh, Piat Pri and then the rest of the uh, warlocks over there in Karth. They start getting feeling their juices again. The comet's overhead. Everyone's kind of moving. We got Thor Samir suddenly bringing people back to life. We got a lot of things going on. And maybe Cersei gets that in her head and like, oh no, if this is true, my death might be true. Maybe it sends her over the edge. But I like Hedge Knight Andrew's call. But what is Cersei's endgame? Let's say Let's say she's sitting here right now going, all right, Daenerys is, I'm, I'm going to lose to her. Let's meet. We want to team up and defeat this army. Like, then, then what is it after? Two queens? Uh, two kingdoms? Uh, and then what, let's say she somehow uh, uh, defeats Danny, and then the Night King's still around. Could Cersei feel, I can get him. Now, that's interesting. That's cra- crazy. I, I don't think the Night King at all would want to be with Cersei. But, but the Night's King... You know, it's the reversal there. It was a uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch who went north and and mated with a uh, with a White Walker. If, if you believe the prophecies, if you read into it, so maybe it'd be the other way around. Maybe Night King's like, yeah, you know what? Cersei's my kind of evil. Maybe the husband Cersei's been looking for is the Night King. I don't know. Could stranger things happen? I don't know. I could kind of see it. But great calls today. You guys are awesome. More tomorrow. We'll dive in. Got a great call waiting in the queue that I got to get up about about Jon Snow and looking ahead to maybe, you know, who he should marry. So we're going to get that. So if you have an idea on Jon Snow, if he if he takes the throne and all's well and all's right in the world, who should he take as his queen? Who should it be? Who should it be now? More of that coming tomorrow. We'll take your calls about the mad mission north of the wall and what we think might happen. And I, as an update, have successfully so far stayed away from any spoilers. You guys have been great not sending them in, not calling in with any spoilers you may know. You choose to watch, that is great. If you choose to watch the episode early, because HBO Spain accidentally leaked it. Hey, that is great. No problems here. But you guys have kept me uh, pure and helped me keep pure. I've also had to pretty much put down my phone today and stay off Twitter. Poor Dennis Zen, my Thrones Talk co-host on Collider. Uh, he was in a chat room and someone sent him some very important pictures. Uh, like, hey, Dennis, look at this. Now the episode's been spoiled for him. But hey, you know what? Uh, it's each your own. If you want to watch it, that's great. I managed to avoid it. That's Daily Thrones for the day. Don't forget we have a podcast form available on Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Alexa now and also on Google Home. Just say, okay, Google, what's the latest from Daily Thrones? We'll see you next time. I'm Ken Afsok. That's it for Daily Thrones today.